Hey friends, so happy you guys are here today. So I have to tell you, I was picking up my kids from school the other day and one of the teachers said to me, hey Jess, so I really need your advice. I want to start eating healthy, but I don't like any healthy foods. <laughs> I just, I kind of laughed. I was like, oh man, you need a new tongue or a blender, dude. Like that's a serious problem. But it really got me thinking like when we're in this position of like, I want to eat healthy, but I just, you know, all the salads and fruits and veggies, like they just don't sound good. It's like, what is really essential? Like, what are the non-negotiables when it comes to nutrition and fueling our body? So much of what we talk about on this podcast includes empowered eating and having agency over what we choose to eat. And while that is the stance I will always have, there are some basic nutrition principles that do apply to most everyone and are a part of the basic structure of empowered eating. So that model of empowered eating, if you guys are on my Instagram, you've seen it, but it's a essentially three components that are layered on top of one another. So we include our values, where we tie our health goals into what's most important to us. We intertwine interoceptive awareness. So that's getting reintroduced to our hunger and satiety cues, and then layering on nutrition knowledge. And for the next three to four weeks, I will be bringing you guys weekly steps to build this power plan on that nutrition knowledge side that's really going to set you guys up for the year. So last week, we talked about pulling in the element of faith into our health journey, which gives us perspective, peace with the process. It removes shame. If you guys didn't tune into that one, be sure you hop on over to last week's episode. It was called The Missing Piece in Your Health Journey. Tune into that one and let's get that foundation laid first because we're going to be talking about nutrition today and in the coming weeks, we're going to be diving into body image. I'm so excited. I have another interview with Dr. Erica Castleberry next week that I will be bringing to you guys. I'll also be speaking on exercise, like what's the best mode, how often to we really need it. And be sure you stay tuned in this month because I have some really, really exciting news coming near the end of the month. I can't wait to share it with you guys. And speaking of exciting news, if you're ready to really supplement all the info you're hearing on this podcast and build that food foundation, make it solid, make it concrete, one that is established and can weather the ups and downs of life, guys, I want to help you bring in that discipline and permission to your everyday food decisions. Be sure you check out my Food Foundations e-course. It's going to include all of the above plus that customized fuel plan. And those of you who don't know what my fuel plans are, this is like my bubble system. It is my way of providing a roadmap for what kind of fuel you need without getting too hung up on macros and measuring. Like it's very intuitive. And for those of you that are like to do people and list makers, it fits right into our obsession with checking a box because it comes in bubble format and we check the bubble when we hit one of our fuel goals. So be sure to check it out. Guys, my e-course can be found at JessBrownRD.com. Click on courses. And because it's January and I'm so grateful y'all are here, be sure you enter the code FUELMYAWESOME for $50 off that one-time purchase. Okay, so I am obsessed with hearing about how your lives are shifting once you reach this place of empowered eating. So check out that e-course. Let me know how it's going. Email me if you you have any questions, hello at jessbrownrd.com. And let's go ahead and kick off this nutrition jam session that we have for you today. What's up, food friends? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jazz, and if you're new here, I'm so happy you are here. I am a body bully warrior, food freedom guru, nutrition nerd with a capital RD, get it for registered dietitian. I am here to help you become an empowered eater. 
I'm dishing out nutrition fun with a side of science as we learn how to let go of guilt and that all or nothing mentality. I am in your corner cheering you on because I know you have this inner awesome and we just need to fuel it right. We need to fuel it with the right food, the right mental thoughts, the right relationships. I'm here to fuel your awesome with the nutrition info that supports you, empowers you, mental strength training, and confidence that radiates regardless of your body shape. You know you hold an inner awesome, and I know you know this because you're here. You downloaded this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in. So if you're ready to be the healthiest version of yourself, here we go. Food freedom means food is just food, and you can channel that energy you used to use to obsess about food in your body. Now we take that energy and we can channel it towards serving your purpose, your family, your work, your inner awesome. It's so crazy how there's this ripple effect when we allow ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Our family feels it, our work feels it, girls, the world needs it. I'm stoked to be in your corner. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at JessBrownRD or check out all my resources, JessBrownRD.com. All right, Superwoman, are you ready to channel that inner awesome? We're going to take it up to the next level. Let's dive into today's show. So when I started studying nutrition, I became totally engulfed with nutrition knowledge. I was mesmerized and amazed by all that it was and like also equally overwhelmed by it. It's like you got to have vitamin D, but not too much. Saturated fat is bad for you. Wait, it's good for you. Well, actually, it depends on how you respond to it. (laughs) All the details of vitamins and minerals, they're amazing. But how to apply this to the individual was really confusing. And this was me studying it in school as a dietitian. There are so many paths that we can take. And I feel really grateful to have a career that allows me to explore the ins and outs of this. But one thing that remains constant is that there are key elements of a diet that really need to be interwoven into the foundation of our relationship with food and what we do on a daily basis, because it's going to be the springboard for health and our ability to like biologically function. And so I often find folks who are wanting to like jump into these expensive programs, these detox things, these you know, pay hundreds of dollars for food sensitivity tests, which I do and I think are wonderful. But before we do any of that, before we cut out mass categories of food, we've got to do this foundational work. And foundational work really happens in three parts. And that is the empowered eating model. I referenced the values work. Girls, I have a whole episode on that that I dropped last year. The interoceptive awareness piece is really shutting your mind of diet culture rules and reconnecting with your body. This is the majority of what we work through in the Food Foundations e-course. And then we're layering that nutrition knowledge on top of this. And real quick, if you do not have my roadmap to empowered eating, guys, it's totally free. It's on JessBrownRD.com. When you go there on the very front page, you'll see three steps to empowered eating. Be sure you download that guide for free. It's going to walk through that model just in more detail for you guys. But this nutrition knowledge piece is where I have a lot of fun and I jam out on the nerdy details with you while we filter it through your circumstance and your capacity. Furthermore, I believe this nutrition piece has become even more imperative considering the pandemic that we are all living in right now. Caring for our bodies and getting our nutrition on point has really never been more important. And I'm excited to help you guys get started with that today. So here are the three non-negotiables when it comes to nutrition. Number one is hydration. Water. Water is arguably the most essential of all nutrients. Like death can occur more rapidly from dehydration than absence of food. It is so imperative that we remain hydrated. So here are some fun facts about water. 
The human body is roughly 55 to 60% water. One of my favorite memes is that we are essentially emotional cucumbers because <laughs> cucumbers are water. Get it? So are we, but we're emotional cucumbers. Anyways, I just thought that was cute. Um, muscle tissue is roughly 70% water. That's going to be more than our fat tissue. So the more muscle you carry, the more your body is composed of water and the more you need water. When we eat carbohydrates, it has one of two fates. Either that carb is going to be used as energy right then and there, which is this is what you do when you have like a pre-workout snack. You have a simple carb, it digests quickly, and then you feel that energy boost when you walk into the gym or go for your walk or run or whatever it is. That glucose or that carbohydrate is being used right then and there. Now, if you have a heavier load of carbohydrates, like let's say I sit down for breakfast and I have a bowl of oatmeal with blueberries, some of that's going to be used for energy following breakfast, while the other portion is actually going to be stored as something called glycogen. Glycogen is just our fancy science word for stored carbohydrate. And interestingly, for every molecule of glycogen we pack away in our muscles and liver cells, we're going to hold three grams of water. So we need that fluid to store carbohydrate for when we're going to need to access it later on. Also, higher protein diets might increase water losses because when we take in protein, which most of you who are working with me know that I am an advocate for protein, especially as a female, especially as we're getting older, to maintain our muscle and bone integrity. But when we have that higher protein intake, one of the byproducts of protein breakdown is something called urea. And urea left behind in the body is toxic and the body wants to clear it as fast as possible and it needs water to do that. So that's essentially why you see bodybuilders carrying like gallon-sized water bottles around is their urea is really needing to be released. They need that water. But you ladies need it too if your protein intake is high. So most adults need between two to four liters of water per day, or how I like to calculate it is let's match your milliliters to your calorie intake. So if you're eating about 2,000 calories, you'll need about 2,000 milliliters of water, which comes out to about eight ounce cups per day. Now, if you're thinking, wait, Jess, hold up. I don't count calories. We talking about powered eating. Like, How am I supposed to calculate that? My preferred method of measuring your hydration is your biofeedback. I mean, our bodies give us the tools we need to tell us what we need. And when you go to the bathroom and you pee, look at what color your urine is. If it is darker, if it's pigmented, if there's an odor to it, guess what, girls? We need more water. The goal would be to keep our urine to a pale or clear color. And that's our biofeedback, our body letting us know that, hey, we're doing a good job. You are staying hydrated. I love this method and I've taught it to my boys. It's really cute because <laughs> when they go to the bathroom now, they'll like run out and go, hey, mama, guess what? My pee is clear. Like they're so proud and I'm a proud dietitian mom. <laughs> and then it's also kind of funny when we're in public and they run back out and they're like, mama, my pee is so yellow. I need water. And you know, people look at me kind of weird, but <laughs> it's all right. I'm all good with it. So if we're working on meeting our fluid needs, one of the first questions that pops up is like, what is fluid, Jess? Is it just water? Can I have coffee as a fluid? What about alcohol? Good question. So caffeine, while it's technically a diuretic, we don't lose fluid on a one-to-one -one ratio, meaning if, like if we drink eight ounces of coffee, it's not like we're losing eight ounces of fluid. The Institute of Medicine actually reports that caffeinated beverages can contribute to fluid intake in small doses. So if you have a couple of cups of coffee, 
I usually recommend counting that as like one glass of fluid because we have to drink more liquid from a caffeinated beverages to get the benefit or to drink the equivalent of like an eight ounce glass of just plain water. Um, alcohol, eee! technically it's about the same as caffeine, but it also like wears out our liver. So I do not recommend my clients use alcohol as a form of their fluid intake. And then water, juices, and milk, they can absolutely contribute to your overall fluid intake, as well as fluid-based fruits like grapes and watermelons. Those are also going to be great contributors to your overall fluid intake. And then flavored and carbonated waters, guys, these are great additions, especially if you're someone that just doesn't prefer the taste of water. <laughs> there, there are people that are like that, that you've got people that love water and you've got people that just don't like it. So if you're one of those that doesn't like it, flavored or carbonated waters are a great option. And when you drink them regularly, watch what they do to your urine, like see how your body responds to them. And that's going to give you the biofeedback as to whether or not they are adequate. Now, what about sodas? So diet sodas are going to fall under the caffeine category. But one thing I want to say about diet sodas is because they contain the artificial sweeteners, they do disrupt some of our gut microbiota in the process. So I generally recommend not using this to contribute towards your fluid intake and intertwining some water in between any diet sodas that you do have. Okay, so hydration. Everyone got it in their heads? Hydration is the key. <laughs> I, have, I just had this flashback to high school because my athletics director would always come into our sports meetings and tell us this. He would say, hydration is key. And that was like the end of all his messages. He wasn't wrong. Hydration is key. And one of the non-negotiables. <laughs> all right, number two, your nutrition non-negotiable number two is we have to eat enough. Enough food, enough nutrition, enough fiber, enough protein. Like enough is more important than trying to limit. Our culture is so hyper fixated on limiting grains, limiting gluten, limiting carbohydrates, limiting I don't know, calorie, all of it. It's just like so negative <laughs> when we really need to flip that script and focus on getting enough. It's estimated that 45% of female athletes do not consume adequate nutrition to support their exercise. You combine that with another estimated statistic showing that women at any given time, 60 to 80% of women are on a diet for weight loss, which means they're in a calorie restriction. So what this tells me is the majority of the girls out there are walking around hangry. <laughs> and have you seen how people are when they're hangry? I mean, I look at my kids when my sons are unreasonable, like I finally get to this point where I just go, do you need a snack? Even my husband, <laughs> I do the same thing. I do this to everyone. You know, I think emotions are real. Life is real. But it's harder when you have low blood sugar. I am a huge fan of Yellowstone. If you guys haven't watched it, oh, it's so good. Oh, my gosh. It just makes you want to ride horses. And if you're into whiskey, drink whiskey. <laughs> but anyways, there's this quote on there that one of the main characters, Rip, he says, honey, life's hard enough as it is. You don't need to help it. And I love that quote. And when I think about us being hangry, it's like we're just helping life be harder. <laughs> the hangry struggle is real. So not eating enough, especially if you are participating in any form of planned exercise, it really sets you up for trouble. And specifically in the, in our world, we call it relative energy deficiency. And I actually did an episode on this last January. But in short, relative energy deficiency is when you are not taking in enough energy to support both your movement, your form of exercise, and then have enough 
left over to support normal metabolism. So like if you're eating 1,200 calories and you burn 300 at the gym, this means you have 900 left over for basic metabolic function. And that's going to include things like hormone balance, endocrine function, gastrointestinal tract integrity, mental clarity. Again, the hangry thing comes up. optimal bone health, and more. And if we're in the negative there, like if we only have 900 left, most of us have just like a basic resting metabolic rate, meaning this is just what we need to maintain all those things of at least 1300 or above. So we're operating our entire metabolism and being on like a lower frequency that we really set ourselves up for part of our body to shut down. If you guys want specific help with this and ensuring that you are eating enough, if you're enrolled in the e-course, know that you do get a customized fuel plan, which is your roadmap based on your needs, your body weight, your lifestyle. Um, You get that with the course. But if you're not in the course, feel free to email me, hello at jessbrownrd.com. We can jam out on a one-on-one nutrition session and get you set up or whatever you need. But I want to make sure all of you have a clear idea of what is enough and how to get there. Okay, so number one, hydration, number two, enough, and number three on our nutrition non-negotiable list is fiber. Fiber, fiber, fiber. Target fiber intake is about 25 to 35 grams per day, and we're going to get most of that from fruits and vegetables. Unfortunately, we don't do so hot. The stats on Americans taking in adequate fiber are not exciting. I mean, we fall short. 60% of us do not get enough fruit. 80% of us don't get enough vegetables. And that includes me if I'm not (laughs) being intentional because it is hard to get them in there. What's kind of ironic to me, though, about fiber is that it is so fabulous for our body, but it actually isn't directly broken down by human enzymes. But this is why fiber is so great for us. So when we consume fiber, our gut microbes feed on it. They actually begin this digestion process before we do. So when I say fiber is one of the three non-negotiables, I almost think of it like this third one is not really for us, but rather for caring for our pet microbes in our body. (laughs) Does that gross you out? I think it's so fascinating how we live in symbiosis with these little gut bugs, but I think some people get a little weirded out by it. So if you're one of those, sorry. (laughs) But when we consume this dietary fiber, our little gut bugs break it down fiber within our intestines and they create these byproducts. These byproducts are called short chain fatty acids. And these little short chain fatty acids are power guys in our body. They affect our body in a myriad of cool ways, including improving insulin sensitivity, aiding in weight regulation, decreasing inflammation. I mean, fiber has the potential to influence our gut microbiota and our metabolic regulation. That's huge, girls. That's huge. It also can impact our mood depending on what we eat. So there's just so much that comes with eating fiber, specifically from things like fruits and vegetables. We're not just adding in nutrient-dense foods. We're adding in food for our microbes and creating our body to be a higher functioning system and more productive metabolism. Every single fuel plan I write has lots and lots of fruits and veggies in there. And sometimes people are like, "Mm, that's a lot. But ladies, it is worth it and you will feel different. I've shared this before on the podcast, but when I started upping my fruits and veggies, because I did not eat a lot for a long time. Like I was a dietitian for I think a good five years before I started upping my fruits and veggies. Was it five years? It was after my son was born. 
because I was exhausted. I mean, who isn't exhausted when you have a newborn? But I was really looking to recalibrate my body and my metabolism and my hormones. And I recognized that I needed to up the fruits and veggie game. And so I did. And it was, girls, it was a game changer. I can never go back. Of course, I have my days that I don't always hit my targets, but the overall trend is getting adequate fiber from fruits and veggies, and you just feel so different. So that is why every single fuel plan I write has lots of fruits and veggies in there, lots of fiber. Some of the higher fiber foods are like foods like artichokes, which will give you about 10 grams. I mean, you'll knock out a third of your fiber with just one artichoke a day. Half a cup of beans is going to give you five to 10 with black, pinto, and navy providing the most fiber of all the bean choices that we have. Half a cup of berries will give you about four to five grams, and a small sweet potato will give you about five. So you can see how a lot of these fruits and veggies and whole foods can easily, if we're intentional with it, stack up our total fiber content to hit that 25 to 35 by the end of the day. If you have a fuel plan and you're following it, you are hitting your fiber goals. So woohoo, it's all about the fiber, baby. But I'm, I'm also like going back to the teacher at my boy's school and thinking about him because it's like, what if you don't like those foods? There are ways. Blenders, casseroles, bean brownies. I'm going to actually post one of my favorite recipes on Instagram this week. So if you're not connected with me at JustBrownRD, be sure you are so you can check out some of the stuff I dropped there. But there are ways to do it. We just might have to think outside of the box. Um, grab a 30-minute power session with me if you want to jam out on that together. But we got to get that fiber in. It's non-negotiable, my friends. Oh, and before I sign off about fiber, I have to tell you this really cool study came across my desk this morning. I have melanoma that runs in my family, so I'm always looking for research on how to prevent it. And they did this study on, it was published in the Journal of Science, and it found that patients with advanced melanoma who were following a high-fiber diet had better immunotherapy response compared to those who were on a low-fiber diet. The data showed that for every 5 grams of fiber that was increased in the diet, it was associated with roughly a 30% decreased risk of cancer progression or death. What? Like 30%? I will add some fruits and veggies. 5 grams. Like that's a sweet potato. That's half an artichoke. Yep, I'm going to do it. Let's get that fiber. (laughs) All right. So we have our nutrition non-negotiables. We got to hydrate. We got to eat enough. And fiber, fiber, fiber. Let's kickstart your year by building this nutrition knowledge into your routine, into your daily life, and adding it on to that empowered eating model that you're already working on. Just some quick and final tips on this. If you don't have a pretty water bottle, do yourself a favor and get one. If there's anything that us girls need, it's like sparkly things to motivate us. So (laughs) you find yourself a cool, functional water bottle that you can take with you that's going to help you drink fluid throughout the day. Ensure that you are eating enough and reach out to me if you need more support with that. That is my jam. That's why I got that RD and that's what I'm here for. And let's fiber it up. But let's, uh, side note, let's increase slowly or... If you're going to go like all out and just up your fiber really fast, be sure you carry an air freshener spritz with you because if you aren't used to fiber, you will be farting like my little five-year-old boy. (laughs) And farts are real. We all do it. Let's normalize farts, but just be ready for that. Carry a spritzer or up it a little bit slower if you don't want to be that girl. (laughs) Although, like I said, I think we should normalize farts. 
They are real. <laughs> All right, girls, thanks for jamming out with me today. Get working on your nutrition non-negotiables. Let me know how it goes. And next week, be sure you tune in because we're going to be diving into positive body image. What is it and how do we get there? Until next time, friends, cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review, and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.